Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everyone. It's time for another Red Men podcast. I am Paul Machin, Ross Chanley, Chris Pajak in Stay Off Getting Married. Finally, finally, finally. That's a big congratulations to him. Um, yeah. Big congratulations to him. Commiserations to Claire. Commiserations to Claire. Um, <laughs> I said this on the Around League yesterday, but it's a bit too soon to say congratulations because it's not actually done yet, is it? No, I know. They've been through so many. I, I, we were saying there's, there's so many obstacles now that I think they're just... They, two years ago, they would have seemed catastrophic. Now, I think they're batting things away, left, right and centre. Just get, to the, get there, get to the altar, get the rings on. Kiss the brag, get away. You know, do what you do what you got to do. Get it all legally boxed, and then they can breathe. Steve, I don't think like that because I mean, she gets cold feet, which is highly probable. Really, I think it's a long way to go to get to get cold feet. Good for holiday though. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Good luck anyway. Good luck everyone and everyone watching. By the way, live. Uh, we do the podcast live on Tuesday mornings here on YouTube. Uh, if you listen after the fact, but yeah, uh, we can all give Steve some congratulations. Steve and Claire, congratulations in the comments. That'll be absolutely lovely, obvious. Um, yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit, looking back on the Man City Liverpool game at the weekend, whether it was an opportunity missed for both sides. Um, we're going to be talking uh, whether the weekend actually justified Cara's claim that Liverpool. City's the biggest rivalry in the Prem uh, and then we're going to look ahead of course Benfica Wednesday night and City again at the weekend uh, there's also going to be a podcast extra this week on Redmond Plus where we take some of your after questions um, I want to talk about Ronaldo slapping the phone out of a 14 year old boy's hand because he's a blurt uh, and what is what a suitable punishment should be um, which should be good fun um, we're going to talk about which Liverpool player current or former would fa- you'd like to see face the Undertaker in a Hell in the Cell match um, and who would win in the world of YouTube football fan content creators, blimey, uh, who would win in a Hunger Games style scenario and a whole lot more. So yeah, uh, podcast extra will be on Redmen Plus Live after the end of this podcast as well. So tune in for that. Um, right, yes, Dean Manning kickoff question at Dean Manning eighteen. You can have one City player, but you have to sacrifice the Liverpool starter in that position. Who do you pick, and why is it KDB? Is there any answer to to this other than Kevin De Bruyne? Anyone want to? Go hipster? No, <laughs> not really. <laughs> I think we're covered in every position, aren't we? Yeah, pretty much. I don't think I'd, I'd, I don't think I'd swap anyone, but if I was forced to make the choice, it's Kevin De Bruyne. Because he's, he's the only player I feel. Passing. Yeah, exactly. He's the only player I feel who is <laughs> the best in the world. Yeah, at what he in the, in his position. Not that I not quite know what his position is like, but everywhere. Another suggestion. If he wasn't a massive bell end, yeah, because I think the way that he plays in between the lines and can break people down, I think he is. I think you have to admit he is, he is a really good footballer, mm-hmm. but he's a massive knobhead. So 
That's the reason I wouldn't pick him. Yeah, he's, for for a small person, he's a huge in our bed. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's. It. No, I I, I agree. He's, he's terrific, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely terrific. He's got that. He's the closest thing I've seen to like Ed Nazard in terms of like really tight control, no centre of gravity, no centre yeah. of gravity, tiny turn and circle in terms of in terms of what he does. He's just like a little scamper over a few yards, can slalom past people at will. If he was yeah. in our side, we'd love him actually. That's the way that it goes, isn't it? So yeah. Prior to signing Diaz, I wouldn't. I'd have. I'd have had Sterling back. I think. Ooh. I still would have Sterling back, but I'm not sure there's anyone who I would like. I wouldn't be looking to swap him for Mane, Mane yeah. and I wouldn't swap him for Jota, and I wouldn't swap him for Bobby. Still, probably. And certainly not Diaz because I adore the man, even though he's not done loads for us <laughs> yet. To be perfectly honest, but Kevin De Bruyne is the right answer. He's yeah, got, he's yeah. got to be because he's he's absolutely unbelievable, isn't he? And I think you know I've I've seen a lot of people talking online about whether he'd fit into this Liverpool side. You'd make him fit into this Liverpool side. You'd fit the side around him uh, almost. And you know, for me, there's an option to go. <laughs> in the nine, uh, you see, I wasn't going to go to the forty-two-one. I nearly did, um, but I, I think he can play a nine, and I think he gives you the gives Mane and Salah even more impetus to get ahead of him mm-hmm. because that's what he can do. Like you know what I mean? He presses well. His vision's better than pr- pretty much anybody in the league, maybe even the world. His execution's better as well. He's absolutely solid. And the only other player that I would pick, I couldn't pick Bernardo Silva because he's a tit. Uh-huh. Uh, I'd have Mares as a backup. Yeah. To Salah, because yeah. I think he's really, really good, and it's a place that we don't actually have a backup at the moment. Yeah, but he's not going into your team. Yeah, yeah, no. You say the same for Rodri in that sense, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'd swap Kevin De Bruyne for Trent. No. Replicating what the what the levels of uh, levels of goal creation. Uh, De Bruyne can't defend. No, I know. I know. <laughs> so we're saying Trent's better than Kevin De Bruyne. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Good time in agreement. I just want to make sure that we've yeah. said that. We've said that, and we know that we're clear on that. Good. Yeah, he's, he's, he's magic, isn't he, Kevin De Bruyne? And a, a big Liverpool fan as well. Um, get the red. Good to know. Um, loves us more than Manchester City, which is always good. Which is why he gets so upset. Against us as well, to yeah, be yeah, yeah, the yeah, twat. Yeah. yeah, he loves, he loves, he loves sport and deflected goals. He's like. Um, He's like basically the Man, man City equivalent of Joe Cole. Joe Cole yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do it for us, though, Joe, did he? No, well, yeah. It's good on, he it's sent off in his first game against Arsenal. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, what a player. Um, I'm sure he's nice, but he, he's a terrible he can't talk. And he was terrible for Liverpool. Um, so I've not got a high opinion of him. Apart from that, he's fine. Apart from that, he's, he's, apart from that, he's absolutely okay. Um, Mourinho hated him as well, which is dead funny. Just like, he's a massive video going, no! It's like the bit in the um, the Cape Fear episode of The Simpsons where they're trying to explain to Homer that his name's Mr. Thompson now and they're trying to teach him to react to it. It's like Mourinho sitting down, no, Joe, you cut inside. Don't shoot, Joe. What do you do when you get the ball? Ah, oh, I can't inside you shoot. No, Joe, no, God. When I tap on your foot and nod like this you just say what you do you go outside right okay so yeah idiot um, right okay we've got no stay but we do still have uh, the who knows wins sponsorship for the podcast this week um, fill it in it's going to give us some more insight into the game and what's going on this weekend uh, we've got Reese uh, Andrew from who knows wins uh, on the line ready to drop in you guys okay right oh, sorry. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a headphone tug of war in, in anticipation of this big moment um, oh. Oh. Oh, one all yeah it's not, great. it's not great podcast content guys um, Reese, how you doing mate Morning, chaps. How are we doing? Can I throw it out there as well? If you do have Bernardo Silva, the amount of shithousery next to Jota would be exponential. 
Yeah, yes. I, it's an interesting point that is. The small, angry men who just live for the yeah, live for the rile. Um, yeah, that could, you could do worse. And, and is there a, is the degree? Is Bernardo Silva one of those bell ends who's a bell end, but he's your bell end? Yeah, that's exactly what yeah. Ross was yeah, saying yeah. before. Is it the way? It's the way it works. If he, but there's too much. He could he couldn't come to us and be that bell end anymore. There's too much uh, water under the bridge, as it were. We couldn't let it go. Okay, so um, right, okay, uh, so yeah, who knows? Wins is our podcast sponsor, our fantastic podcast sponsor. We have good laughs with it um, we have got the cap the who knows nothing cap that got delivered last week Ross had to wear it and looked absolutely resplendent we've had some slight concerns that it does look a little bit like a make America great again cap which some people are made up with some people are less than made up with I think you all know our feelings on the whole um, on, the, on that kind of thing but it is a red cap and it's got the right and look they can't you've got to take they, were, they were looking for something Fred Durst is raging isn't he basically is what I'm saying here Chris yeah but I, I think what Who Knows Wins wanted is it, for it to be a genuine forfeit and they've nailed that yeah. to be fair <laughs> that to yeah, 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 yeah. nobody wants to look like yeah. that here and we blame you Reese. it is my fault I know you were asking for a while so um, we will get a redesign but then again it does make people feel like knobheads so <laughs> <laughs> so in that regard let us know then live if you're in the comments should we keep it or should we should we stick or twist on the current on the current who knows not on cap is it good that it's a bit embarrassing it was meant to be a bit embarrassing because you're not meant to want it you shouldn't be a point of pride who knows nothing and then yeah no, I'm, I'm, yeah we I'm, could I'm, say as well if anyone has any ideas to put them in the comments as well yeah 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 i'd like a jürgen beer hat i think a jürgen beer yeah hat. you know it's with the punch, straws and all that like this jürgen's face oh like like, like, a, like a, two cans and yeah, two like straws foam, like a foam dome yeah type, type deal like to keep the simpsons references going um okay yeah but but like yeah maybe that should be the winner yeah, and then yeah, the winners. The beer. Is that because you won this week? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Damn straight. Um, yeah, right. Looking back at the results then from last week, I say you've got the the who knows wins pick ten. Oh. We picked oh. ten outcomes, and long just for behold, the podcast listeners, Paul, who's at the top there, mate? Top of the tree, Chrissy P, six out of ten. An above average return um, season, top of our increasingly mediocre table. Um, second place. One money again. Second, you did it. Two weeks on the bounce, baby. Five, five something quid, you Five pounds. I think that maybe. takes you, your overall total takes you above mine for the for the run so far, which is nice. very good. And I've not lost. Yeah. Not Chris is yet to wear the hat. Um, Ross and Cy in second place on five. Uh, me, Charlie, and Tom all on four. And then with a sad, lowly three, it's Steve. I'm not sure how he's managed that. Um, well, he's just been really rubbish at his picks, hasn't he? To be, to be blindly obvious on this one. It's, um, it was an interesting week because, and we were chatting about this week we before we went on, Norwich... Tripped up a lot of a lot of people, least of all Burnley. Yeah, yeah. They I mean they got that result then, and I mean the week was it the weekend before that it was Brentford got one over Chelsea. So yeah, yeah, I mean it trips up so many people, and I think I remember the weekend before, the person that got nine out of ten and won six thousand pound actually got that result right, the Chelsea Brentford game. Yeah. So it does go work both ways as well. I mean, this weekend we had six players win £1,093 from eight out of ten. So even those guys got two wrong, but they still won over £1,000. So, yeah. you know. I think Arsenal let everyone down, didn't they? 
Was it Arsenal Brighton? Well, Arsenal, Brighton. I had Arsenal Brighton down as a floor last week, yeah. and Brighton turning that turning yeah. on and going to and winning two one at that one. I, I I mean just going through mine. Middlesbrough was another one. They eighty five percent of people thought Middlesbrough were going to get the win, and um, I went with that and Hull did it. Good on your Hull. Yeah, against Middlesbrough, they were going for the playoffs. Hull languishing down there. Who saw that coming? Yeah, no one. I mean, that's the thing as well. Five, well. Sorry, sorry, should I clarify? 5% of people thought that was going to be... Was gonna <laughs> I be did something thing. completely different this week. Uh-huh. I looked at the league tables before I made my picks. Mm. Yeah. And I generally went Research. with the person who was higher in the league. Nice. Um, and actually, what I've sort of noticed, Reese, over the course of this, and, and, you know, I should I should know this already, doesn't matter if the home team's not the best team. The home team generally comes out on top. So I went with a well, lot Chris, of Well, Chris, can I just point out to you how where that's where I fell foul this week? Because Middlesbrough, um, West Brom, and Villa. You've got to combine knowledge. Right, You've got to combine sounds, the league okay, tables sounds, and the home team. Right, teams. okay, sounds, so high in the league and home equals more likely win. You, you, you agree with that, Reese? Well, I was going to say we do these cheat sheets in the office, right, for all the games, and we do actually look at the league table. We go through where each other teams are and over their last five results. Now, I did this last week, and I still got four out of ten in the big ten. So, so why why are you here talking to us about this? <laughs> Should I not be on Zoom dialing in as to how to win money on who knows wins? Probably you should be, mate. Yeah, because like, clearly I know nothing, but not as much as C does. And it's convenient yeah, that he's yeah, gone away yeah. to get married as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, cheers, Steve. Yeah, well done, Steve. Uh, right, should we get on to this week's um, games then? Uh, the the WKW Pick Ten, if you find it on the app, and obviously if you want to get the app, use the link in the description underneath uh, to download just that. Um, yeah, Reese, do you want to run us through what the what the ten are? Yeah, so we've got United versus Norwich. Uh, United have won one of their last five. Norwich, they beat Burnley at the weekend, but they're seven points from safety. Then we've got Southampton, who got battered by Chelsea last weekend against Arsenal, who also hilariously lost to Brighton. <laughs> and Palace. Can both teams lose? Can you pick yeah, that? Yeah, and Palace, yeah. Um, we've got Watford versus Brentford. Um Wow, Brentford have got a lot of wins recently, mate. I mean, they've beat West Ham and, and Chelsea, you know? <laughs> and they've won four of their last five as well, so they're going well. But you, you know what that means, what if they're going to win? Yeah. You know? <laughs> then we've got our game, Man City versus Liverpool. And can you clarify the rules around this one for us, mate? So, yes. It- so, it's the result will be taken at 90 minutes. So, if it does go into extra time, it won't count. So, it'll if it's a draw. draw at 90 minutes, it'll be a draw. So, yeah. Okay, and then it doesn't matter then whatever happens afterwards. I mean, um, to us it does, but not for the game. Yeah, ex- yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, we've got the Scottish Cup: Celtic versus Rangers. So that's another big one. Um, Celtic they've beat Rangers twice, once in February and then April, uh, like six points clean the table. But whether or not that matters for the semi-final, who knows? Um, we've got Newcastle versus Leicester in the Prem. Um, that could be a good one, you know. I think that could be a bit of a one that throws everyone with the results, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Newcastle lost three of their last four. Leicester won four of their last six. Is this where Newcastle back to Leicester? Potentially. <laughs> Potentially. Leicester feel like they've turned a little bit of a, a, a corner. But I know. Might European the angle, might they? Are they still in the conference? <sighs> no, not that far down footballing quite a while they got, yeah they've got too much to make Europe although could you imagine if Rodgers gets United out of that well 
I suppose they'd be doing United a favour if they miss out on the conference. There'd be nothing more funny than Man United ending up in the Conference League. And would, you, yeah. would you rather you didn't get any conference European league. football? Or yeah, I think I... Yeah. Do you I know what? I'd rather them go to the Conference than yeah. miss out altogether. Yeah, because it, it, it's horrendous. But also, they might win another trophy that we'll never get to win. Yeah, because they got the Cup Winners' Cup, uh, haven't they? Yeah, but they won't. No, they won't win it. You're they absolutely won't. right. Like Ronaldo. The, the people drop down into the conference from the Europa, yes. and then they get to knock them out. Yeah. Oh, great! Yeah, it's such a crap thing that actually isn't it that you you get you do well in the Europa League, and then all the Champions League teams come in like Barcelona. Ask Villa, uh, yeah, uh, Villarreal, uh, Sevilla, Sevilla, yeah. like, Sevilla's fallback is like we're, we're going to win the we're going to win the UEFA Cup this year, and then the next year we're going to go into the Champions League. Oh, oh, it's all right, we'll, we'll fall down and just win the UEFA Cup again. Absolutely laughing. Um, last couple of games, then, Lee. Exactly that. We've got four left here. We've got West Ham versus Burnley in the Prem, um, Chelsea versus Palace in the other semi-final of the FA Cup. That's on Sunday. Bayern Leverkusen versus RB Leipzig in the Bundesliga. Whoa, careful. Yeah, that's third versus third, sorry, third versus fourth in the Bundesliga. Who's third and who's fourth? Bayern Leverkusen are third. Leipzig and they're at home. Fourth. Leverkusen are at home. Leverkusen have won three of their last six. They're four points clear of Freiburg who are in fifth. Leipzig have won six of their last eight and they're undefeated in the last eight. And they're three points clear of Freiburg. So that one could be the loser could be out well I'm going to zig and zag here I'm going to zig and let you all zag everyone's going to everyone's going for Leipzig I can see the 71% I'm going to go for Leverkusen at home on this one <laughs> sure do you dare put the draw down nah nah draws are too hard to predict yeah and last but by no means least we've got Seville versus Real Madrid I like the way how you pulled out of the uh, gold. Yeah, I tried, yeah, Sevilla, yeah, yeah. So um, cool, cool, that's, cool. That's third versus first as well. So that's another big one at the top of the table, La Liga. Boss. Um, so, Reese, do you want to just let everyone at home watching or listening know what they need to do to get involved yeah. this week? So, if you just click the link in the bio of the video, um, and if you come through the the app then you'll be able to see the guys by entering the pick 10 you've got to download the who knows wins app and then the registration is nice quick and easy and you can just enter the pick 10 you'll be able to see the user predictions as well to see where the guys have gone either side what's the most popular picks and this week as well between all you guys in the studio whoever gets the worst results or whoever is the biggest loser We'll give, we'll donate a hundred pound to your chosen charity as well. Okay. Uh, okay. Cool. Nice. Nice. Brilliant. I want to yeah. lose now. So the biggest loser, Ross, you're the biggest loser. <laughs> that's not fair. That's not nice. That's not nice. Was, um, no need for that. I'm not really So hundred pounds to the loser's chosen charity. Yeah, that's right. That's but nice. Also, Fantastic. Fantastic. you know, you've got don't like just throw. The results. I know Chris won't because his his ego's too big. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my word, you really have been paying attention. Um, sounds um, okay. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. get involved. Reese, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week, mate. Jabs, pleasure. Thanks for having me. Amazing. Cheers, nice. mate, Five mate. class. Good luck, nice everyone. Luck, on uh, who knows wins this week. Um, yeah, good good fun indeed. So the loser will have to wear the who knows nothing hat, but we'll have a hundred pounds donated to the charity. This choice, I like that. Very good indeed. Softens the blow. It does for you. <laughs> Pride cometh before a fall. Yeah, we'll you've see. said that for a few weeks. Yeah, I have. But it still doesn't. So it's true. It's remains. I'd rather true. give to charity than me win money. Yeah, well done. <laughs> 
Yeah, you've been so. practicing, ready for this, haven't you? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Right, okay. Uh, Liverpool, Man City at the weekend. Man City two, Liverpool two. Ross, was it a bit of an opportunity missed from a Liverpool perspective, first and foremost? Because I know uh, Dan Club did the final words, and I think he's been quite vocal on social media about how, how he felt a bit annoyed by Liverpool's level of performance in the first half. And I, I kind of take this from I didn't feel that at full time, but in mm-hmm. the fullness of time, I think we. We saw how good we could be against Man City, and I don't expect us to dominate Manchester City in their own ground for 90 minutes, but I do feel a bit like we showed that we can cut, cut them apart. If we'd just been a little bit more on it in that first half, it could have been a positive result for Liverpool. Yeah, I think also. It's, it's difficult to judge, because I was talking to Dan and Steve yesterday. I would love to watch that game back, because I don't think I consumed it properly because it was that on edge, or yeah. you know, obviously, obviously working, but I like... Too busy putting out graphics telling people how stressed to be on, on Twitter, <laughs> weren't you? It worked, yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I've only speak to even neutrals and pundits afterwards, like, oh, it was such an amazing game of football. I was like, was it? Like, I, didn't, I didn't feel like that. So on that basis, but then to go back and watch how we performed, and I don't think Liverpool played the best for probably about two months. And we've always said, well, it doesn't matter about the performance. It's the result that matters. We've won games, so you can kind of you can you can brush it over. Whereas that game could have anything could have happened in that game, and you know we could have been. I think I'm on the side of we could have been three 0 down possibly. You know, in in, that, in yeah. that first half, and we were still in the game, and we always seem to go in at half time. Whatever Jurgen says, whether it's just motivational, tactical, we seem to come back in second halves and perform a lot better. So you can say on the balance of the game, missed chance, but I'm actually quite happy that we come out with it in the draw in the end. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and of course it's a missed chance because you want to go top of the league. Sure. Mate, I, I, my, how I came out of it yesterday, certainly when we were doing the final word, is I totally appreciate Dan's point, and I'm disappointed as well, but I wasn't angry at the fact that they played their absolute best and couldn't put us away. Yeah. That means yeah. that when Liverpool execute, for me, Liverpool are the better side. Mm-hmm. Uh, can they stop us when we play our best? That's what I'm wondering. I don't know whether they can. You know, Will Liverpool play their best at the weekend? Let's hope so, of course. But there's enough there. Like... Some of the best stuff that we've done this season and why we've been so good all the time is like things like what we've been doing from corners and stuff like that, scoring how many goals we score from corners. We just we got one, I think, on the day. We should have had two, obviously. Yeah. You know, we didn't get to use that side of our game, which we know we're really good at, and can Man City hold up against it? So next time, I'd imagine we're going to be a bit more on the front foot. We're going to try and uh, 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 sort of get into those positions where you can take corners and you can you can dominate them a little bit more in their half, but they can't beat when they're at their best that's a good thing and we're 40 games into the season it's very rare that you're at your best at this time of the season Mm -hmm. what you do need to be able to do is is win games of football and we've been able to do that there's not many sides in world football who play the peak at this time yeah no it is there just isn't well it's a war of attrition isn't it by by this point and I I get it and and I, I say a lot of our disappointments I think does stem from People dreaming big, and nothing wrong with dreaming big. And I've been saying this all along about about you know it's exciting, and uh, Liverpool are, pot- are potentially in the race for the quadruple. Of course they are, because they're still in with a shot of winning all those trophies. But uh, we should be. We Liverpool are we're better on the climb, I think, as fans than we are at the top, and I fear a little bit for the the entitlement that comes with it because it just you, you get you're making yourself disappointed. Yeah. You know, we we always joked about this on like transfers, like a, a, a very good mate of ours got really angry when Liverpool didn't make a move for Klaas Jan Huntelaar because he was available on a free transfer, and it was like, but but like. We was ne- we were never in- interested in like you've been you've made yourself angry there because you felt it was something that Liverpool should be doing. You've set standards and then they've fallen short of those imagined standards and then you you cross with it and that's where we need to be careful here is that and people, a lot of people have been saying 
got to enjoy the ride, got to enjoy it on a week on a week to week basis, and it's hard to do that. And it's hard, and I'm saying this, I don't necessarily think I'm 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 not I don't I'm not consuming it that way because I there's so much pressure on us just achieving because we are at the top now, and I think that's it's hard to kind of marry those. It, it's you know, possible what, what do, it should be and what it is. Possible to do both. You know, when you get to the end of the season and you've achieved ninety plus points, but someone else has got two more points than you. At some level, you have to just shake their hand and go. They were the better team, yeah. and 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 st- but still appreciate how good you are, and that's what you're talking about. Tribalism right? doesn't allow you to do that, though, does it? That, you know, and, and Liverpool actually, the players and the managers seem to be able to do it, but but again, it's, football fans can't. Yeah. Football fans can't do it's that. It's how you consume football, and then you start getting angry about drawing with Brentford, and you know we can look at the Man City, Everton handball, and then you're looking at the, the, the final margin to things, and that's just the way it goes. Sterling could have scored a goal there that you know I thought was was a legitimate goal when I was watching the game. Think fucking hell, we, we, we've lost that. Then I'd be more disappointed than I am now. But I can still appreciate this Liverpool side and go fucking hell, lads. You've got you know hopefully ninety odd points. Yeah. Hopefully we win it. And if we don't, I'm not going to start berating them because it doesn't get better than this. It just happens so that there's another team that's slightly better than us. Speaking of the wonders of football tribalism, I've enjoyed Man City fans getting upset about the offside. Usage of VAR. Mika Richards was the best, wasn't he? I didn't see this. Oh, Mika, Mika Richards was basically like, it's harsh though, isn't it? It was like, well, he, didn't, he didn't say it wasn't off, he just said it was harsh because it was close. That right, sad. <laughs> mate, yeah, that's kind of how it works. All the best. Like, VAR was brought in for these decisions, wasn't it? Like, there's there's more things I think wrong with the VAR usage over the course of the game than than that one. I mean, that was offside. So let's move on. The one where they checked Salah's shot for a handball on John Stones, and then <laughs> went, no, he didn't handle it. Goal kick. Goal kick. <laughs> yeah, it came off his hip. Goal kick. Yeah, that's a good one. What? That's really good. One. Just go. Yeah, and I get like, and, that, and that's where the, again I get those mad moments. That's something to be a bit pissed off about because yeah, and they might be saying, well, it's not there to decide whether it's corners or, or goal kicks or whatever. But if it doesn't take any more time or less time, to just go. Yeah, it's a goal kick. Oh, and they went oh, down and the end and nearly scored about yeah, two minutes later. Exactly. But they can't use the AR to overturn decisions like that, can they? That's, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, the point. Yeah. Why not? But yeah. like to the point, you know, just a. Oh, by the way, mate, that, that, I mean, we're checking it for on ball. It did hit him. It's not on ball, but it did hit him. That's what it is. <laughs> just have a quick way. Just save you, mate, a bit of face. It's a corner. Yeah. That's what it, yeah. It's two seconds. Oh, corner, by the way. By the way. Corner. It's corner, by the way. I mean... The, the offside thing I thought was hilarious because... And I saw someone putting out a picture of the... Far, uh, of, uh, I think it was Jay Pearson was reacting to it. Maybe... 2015, 2016. No, no, this is the, um, the horse racing... Uh, the, the finishing oh. line and here's a photo finishing the horse racing we've got the technology why can't we put it in footy it's like because the offside line could be set at any millimetre between the halfway line and the dead, and the dead ball line and, the, and football moves at a random pace and, a, and you've got you're judging it on a bunch of individuals all running in different directions so it's not the same and also there's the thing of I still, I still find it funny and I'm sure we'll we'll find ourselves raging about this at some point between now and the end of the season. But if it goes against us, but like the angles, and it's not it's not a perfect system. But the the the, the lines are not necessarily drawn to your to, to the to our understanding of angles. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, look, like let's. I, I've not seen that horse racing thing. But my first point is all well and good that you've got the horse racing thing. How do you get the ball in shot? Yeah. Anyone answered that for me? Was that answered in the thread? Because, like, if they're playing a 40-yard pass, how does that happen? It's just li- the ball's literally not on the camera angle, yeah. so fuck off. Yeah. Like, yeah. you need an angle that shows both. Yeah. Why can't you have a camera on a, on a track on the stand that follows the line? line of the, but, the again, but, but, the, but if the ball gets played from the corner flag... Yeah, yeah, but how do you have but it? But then you've got distortion with wide-angle lenses. How does it track? 
How does the camera go in line? Put a tag on the defender's leg. Which defender? <laughs> the last one. All right, so <laughs> just, just, just yeah, just, just, just yeah. But, um, yeah, 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 I've got the tweet up here. Yeah. Um, yeah, angles of horse racing show a photo finish compared to angles of football used to show offsides. We've got the technology to show it the way horse racing doesn't. Jay like, points out, I'll help on him. The finish line is a fixed point. Offside can get anywhere on the pitch. It's going to be very difficult for a camera to keep up with a moving ball, especially at a fixed angle. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, Interesting. Brilliant. And then Warren's response, by the way, was that was a bad decision that he was well on. VAR needs scrapping. Brilliant. Brilliant. So he's really doubled down on his argument by going, nah, 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 putting his fingers in his ears and moving on. Brilliant. Well done. Well done, Jay Pearson. Um, yeah. I, I Chris Williams did a great example on this a while back. And I, and he bought a Spootio set, nominally to do this, but really because he's a he's a he's a middle aged man like us and just wants to relive his youth. Um, and Chris knows that, and we've had many conversations about this. Um, and he put the ball on like the touchline, and then took a photo of it from a variety from of angles. angles. And at different angles, it looks like it's miles out, and on other angles, it looks like it's 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 well in. It's why when you've got the corner flag quadrant thing, you always think it's outside. When you when you're in the near stand to it, it looks like it's out because. Part of the ball's got to be across the line, like the goal line thing. So the only truly way to know whether it is is to look on the ball from top down. That's the only angle that will tell you exactly whether or not it's crossed. It's 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 in the quad in the quadrants on the line or whatever. Because yeah, angles. And you think of it if you if you sort of stand in front of a penalty area, right, and and with a camera, the 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 line when it hits the goal line is there, and then it edges out like that, mm -hmm. and then goes across. So it doesn't look straight, does it? Because of the way that because of because of distance, distance and angles yeah. and lenses. It's it's once you accept that you're not looking at what you think you're looking at, you've just got to kind of trust the VAR stuff. Yeah, and and that's the point. And again, to the point about this, all this Liverpool's system is built entirely almost on VARs. For offsides is a binary thing. It's onside or it's offside. <clears throat> and there's a bit more wiggle room this season than there was last year, I think in favour of the attacking player as well. Yeah. Um, so it kind of is what it is. But that was one of those small sharp and Floyd the moments where it's nice for Man City. You've had loads of random things go their way. It's nice that they get a really close thing not go their way because I, I, I like them to not have nice things um, in, a, in a nutshell on that. Um, if we're scrapping like something, can we scrap like goals that go in off massive against City? Yeah. Rather than VAR. Yeah, I think we can all I think we can all have a quick vote. We just take a quick straw poll on that. Should we ban all goals that are deflected in off Joel Matter? Let us know in the comments. You blocked one, didn't he? The shot he blocked. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it, wouldn't, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have mattered if it had gone in if we're banning oh, goals okay. in off Joel Matter. Okay. Yeah, we'll yeah, one. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Come on. Get this right. Um best moments of the game. Best moments of the game. I think obviously Liverpool's first is is up there. I just thought that was brilliant football, like from starting from Thiago doing the big switch and all that type of stuff. Um, is it telling that you know we talk about the level of Man City and the level of Liverpool? That the best goal I think we've ever scored was at the Etihad a few years ago in the, in eighteen nineteen where we we pass it like seventy times or whatever and ends yeah. in the, uh, and do uh, and do the fullback to fullback thing. Yeah, and like that's another really beautifully. Typical well worked Liverpool goal in that. That's one of the really nice encouraging things about these games, isn't it? Is that suppose even though City are brilliant, we actually score some of our. We don't score loads. Of, you know, it's not like Stiggy 
jammy goals. We're scoring good Liverpool goals in these games. Yeah, it is. I think. Look, I think Jürgen spoke after the game, and he was really happy with what when we actually put our foot on the ball and started to play. What we did, you know, he referenced that goal and said, "We know that we can score those goals against Manchester City." He referenced the one a couple of years ago that you've just referenced there. So I think he, I think he's happy with how he set the team up. I think he's happy with when Liverpool had the ball and they played football and they stopped fucking shit up. How Liverpool were able to hurt Manchester City. You know, for me, it's just about can you execute better next time? Yeah. Can you start the game in a better fashion? I mean, going behind after five minutes, you know, almost giving up a goal a minute before you even go behind to Sterling. We just didn't get out the block. Our passing wasn't great. Fabinho had a bit of an off day. Um, you know, I don't think the midfield was brilliant all told, to be honest with you, although it's the exact midfield that I would have gone with yeah. um, pre-match. I'm not certain I'd go with that midfield again when you get back to the weekend's game in the FA Cup because I don't think it quite worked how Jürgen maybe wanted it to. But I, I looked at the options. Uh, yeah, I looked at the <laughs> options um, of what we've got available, and I'm not sure I'd change it either. If you know what I mean, yeah. I'd say I don't think I'd go with that. Who's there? Well, Naby's there. That's a good shout. But I'll oh, play Wednesday. Won't yeah, I, I'm still not 100 percent sure about what midfield he'll go for. Yeah, I think you also have to be accepting of Man City are a really good side. Now, as much as we weren't out of the blocks, and I agree with like Fabinho, and obviously they take a quick free kick. We weren't we weren't on it. Manchester City are always on spells of possession in that game. And when we used to always controlling games week in week out and winning games of football every week, it's hard to then go and watch your team that's kind of dominating us and piling the pressure on us yeah. and us having to soak it up. It's the way it goes. It's that thing of they get they go ahead. And the fact that we were able to to rest it back and get it level again, and then it's annoying to then go down again and then you know same again. But there's there's just a you can get blown away in them games. You know we've seen it happen at Anfield plenty of times where like Fabinho scores a thunderbolt, Oxley Chamberlain scores a thunderbolt, and it just it's like like that a snap moment of, of of brilliance or luck can just shift the momentum, and particularly with Man City, just how. How good they are and how psychologically damaging it is to 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 go behind. Every and time they've gone go, up, they've won, haven't they? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, yeah. That's the only time they've not won this season when when they've gone ahead. They did like, it twice. That's that's nuts. It, 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 what what interests me is that I think it's a completely different game with Bobby Firmino. I think the ball sticks a lot better, and you know we're able to build up a lot better with Bobby Firmino. And you know we know that he wasn't training on was it the Friday before the game maybe. Um, so there was question marks over whether he'd actually start. I think he was certain to start, and I think we'll be a lot better for having him in there. Um, the big thing with with if you go two goals behind against City, I don't. I think there's a belief that you can go a goal behind against anybody in the league, and you can go you can go back and win the game. I think when you play Manchester City, if you're two goals behind, you're out of it. And the I game think, plan's fucked, isn't it? And I goals. think the other way as well. Yeah. I think if Liverpool go two ahead, I think they go shit way fucked and heads dropped. Mm -hmm. Heads will drop, sorry, I should say. And and that's the that's the difficulty because if you have to push out, Man City will hurt. Yeah, if you have to push out against us, Liverpool will hurt. Yeah, so it's massively important to go in at half time two one and put yourself in a position to get something out of the game. Yeah, I think I understand where where Dan's coming from. To be honest, when he says disappointed, when you go out second half and you score so early, you then got momentum. And I think there was a five ten minute spell there where Man City were probably there for the taking, and we didn't do that. But you know. So they did what we are, we're Lord and Liverpool for. They wrestled it back. They yeah. wrestled the control back because, you know, it could, it would have been easy for their heads to drop. You know, going ahead twice and still not being able to get rid of them. 
it shows the level of both sides, to be honest, and, and the level is almost exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. In terms of the best moments, I've said it on, on numerous places this week and at the weekend. But Mar is not finishing the game off at the end is a big is a big thing. It has to be. You know, it, it might not prove to be. In a, in a wider sense but just in terms of keeping the season going if nothing else Liverpool might not win the league as a result but if we're able to go into the next game knowing that yeah you know, we've got United to come have me next next weekend or whatever and you're thinking great you know that's that's a good like, it keeps it adds level of import whereas I don't know if psychologically four points it wouldn't, it wouldn't be over with four points but I don't know how you then really tell the players even if it's only in fractional margins that the FA Cup isn't more important than the Champions League isn't more important because you f- you feel I'd feel like that was a bit of a a lost cause. Yeah, that, I think I think it's easy to sorry sorry Ross, I think it's easy to sort of feel like that, and I think as fans you probably would. But again, the the message in the dressing room is we were fourteen points behind lads, and we're only four. Yeah. You know, we we closed that fourteen point gap to one point. You know, over the course of the last ten games or whatever it was, you know, it can happen. It, you can, you've got to still be there. You've got to make it difficult for Manchester City. And uh, everything that the players say and have said over the last three months says they don't have the same fears that we have. Yeah. They just don't. Yeah, I think as it stands as well, we discussed an article from this is Anfield yesterday. We play first three times with the remaining games to go. Yeah. So even if it's four point gap, then and you're back to one point, your turn. Go on, yeah. pressure's on. Whereas now we could be top. Your turn. Go on, crack on. And also, best case scenario, like we're talking about what what that result would have mean for Liverpool. Well, it won't mean anything because it didn't happen for a start. We didn't lose the game. Mm-hmm. But like, what what happens if Manchester City get knocked out by Atletico? And what happens if Liverpool beat Manchester City in the FA Cup semi final? Three and, more games. And then you, so you've just gone draw at the Etihad where you really wanted to win that game and you had the opportunities to win that game and you felt you played better, you should have won that game. You then go out the Champions League, you then go out the FA Cup. There's a there's a part of you that thinks, right, well, they'll just focus on the league, but what do... They, they're playing for greatness too. Yeah. They're not playing for one trophy in a season. They've done multiple trophies multiple times. Yeah. One trophy will feel like a disappointment to them. Yeah. Like, How does that affect their squad and their mentality moving through the next the next phase of the season? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was almost just as important for both sides not to lose that game for each other's yeah. mentality because going into it, momentum was, was a massive thing and the mood. Imagine the mood now where we, you know, we'd be lost and we said to Steve, he could come back next week and we could battle every competition. Yeah. We're still, we're still and, and that's where it kind of thing we were saying in the, this week, last this time last week on the podcast, is both teams went for it, but neither team equally threw the absolute kitchen sink at that game. Yeah. Because you're right, when you get to the final 10 minutes, it, you realise it's not quite as all or nothing as all of that. And the psychological damage to losing is, is almost not worth the gamble for exactly what, what I said win. on the podcast last week. You know, we were talking about the draws, weren't we, for a large part? And I said, when, when there's ten minutes left, I think he makes like for like substitutions, but he doesn't throw the extra body on if you're in a draw state. Yeah, yeah. and that's exactly what happened. He just made a like for like in uh, up front, and he made a like for like in the middle of the park. Yeah, yeah. especially when you play them again next weekend. You know, on Saturday we, we lost that game. We just beat you on Saturday. Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard. It's it shifted. It definitely, yeah. there's definitely shifted importance. We'll talk about the FA Cup semi final in, in a little. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We've got some super chats uh, for the people live Ooh. right here uh, before we take a break. Uh, Lachil says, do we get caught up in the materialistic obsession for silverware because of how easy it is for teams abroad to claim domestic trophies? Um, it has no bearing on my opinion of our side, what people do abroad. Yeah. I, I think there's a little bit in so much as when you look at like the t- how easy it is, I think, for some in some leagues to consistently win the league. I think there is a bit of that. I, I'm anno- I'm a, I find it a little annoying when you come up to a Champions League semi-finals, quarter-finals, semi-finals, and you're playing against a team that pissed its league. Now, that can work in your favour sometimes, but like having that... That having a straight run, I think I think it's much easier for Real Madrid to win doubles than it is for Liverpool to win. And doubles. yet they didn't when they won their four European Cups over the last four years. They didn't win the league those years, yeah. so or most of those years, I think it was. I, I, it, 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 honestly, for me, and I can only talk for myself on this, it doesn't matter what Real Madrid and Bayern Munich and Paris Saint-Germain do in their leagues and how many trophies they win. It's about what Liverpool do in our country, yeah. in our league. You know What matters to me, obviously, on the European stage is the European trophies. Yeah. Um, but I don't really, truly believe nowadays that pissing your league means you win the European Cup. Because mm-hmm. how many times have Bayern won it in the last 10 years? Yeah, it's true. I think football's changed, hasn't it? But isn't it just either perception or nostalgia where you, you could do that? You know, go back to nineties, mid noughties when Chelsea were winning everything because they had the money to go and do. There's so much more competition within football now, and not just not just in England across Europe. So it's it's harder and harder to win multiple trophies. And great we see Man City do it, but we weren't at that level. And go back ten years, we weren't even in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. it would be much easier, I believe, for those sides to win European Cups if it stayed league format all the way to the end. But I think the knockout phases always makes it difficult. It was why it was so difficult to defend the European Cup when we did it. Yeah. You know, early doors. It's just when it gets to knockout football, anything can happen, and it quite often does. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's. Uh, I think ultimately the materialistic obsession for silverware. It's actually Man United. You know, it's our rival with Manchester United that causes that. We did this on the um, on on one of the shows I was on for the one of the other sponsors on a different on a different uh, show. Um, but how talking about the rivalries, which we'll talk about in a second uh, after the break, about like the about Carragher's chat about who who's the biggest rivalry in footy, and the Man United Liverpool one is is so big because it is based on it's just who's the biggest, who's got the most. So I'm obsessed with Liverpool's trophy count because I want us to have more trophies than Manchester United, and I I do I do when I look at the rich lists. And you realise that of the top 10 richest football clubs in the world, like four, I think there's like five or six of them are in the Premier League. That's a little annoying because you're fighting against different resources. When you look at like, and again, 
the Premier League's a better league than the Liga. It's a better league than Serie A. It's a better league than the Bundesliga because there's greater degrees of competition in it. Um, but it is really annoying that you can be as brilliant as Liverpool and finish sixth because there's other clubs that have got the similar sorts of resources and compete, whereas that just doesn't exist on, on the continent. Um, Mo Mohamed, someone like Tushimani, who's great defensively uh, and can move the ball is what we need. Only 22 and a perfect replacement for Hendo, who's been off. Yeah, that's an interesting shout. Josh Hunter with the 899. Thank you, Josh. Uh, City were feeling the pressure prior to the Etihad game, but they had the safety net in their head of we still have to play them on our ground. Now that's gone and the situation hasn't changed. That's an interesting point, isn't it, um, Chris, that they've got the advantage, so they'll, they'll still be made up that they're on top of the pile. But that's a good point, is that th that was their opportunity to kill it off. They can't. They can still, it's in their hands, but they can't, they can't, they've got nothing they can do now is can make Liverpool stop breathing down their, heavily down their necks. Absolutely, and, and, and I suppose this is your point last week about the draw thing all, all along, wasn't it? We differed on, you know, whether Jürgen would play for a draw or whatever, but ultimately the draw, it's just neutralised the title race. And, you know, I said it on the final word, I think I said it after, after the game itself, it wasn't us that made them drop points when we closed that gap from 14 to 1. It was the other teams in the league. And this league will be decided on who does better against everybody else. Yeah. And right now, Liverpool are in the ascendancy in that part because over the last three months, we've been doing better than Manchester City have been doing better at, at beating those sides. You know, we, we share two draws against them, draws against Chelsea. What were what was City's results against Chelsea? I think they beat... I'd certainly beaten Chelsea at least once this season. I couldn't so say that, that might be that might be the difference maker. You know how they fared against the best of the rest type of thing. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, look, there's there's twists and turns in this title race. I I really believe that. And what I also believe is that we don't know when it's going to come. Yeah. You know, you, you, you can't pick what side is going to turn up and do something to 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 Man City. And I said it to you after the game the other night, Paul, is that you can play backs to the wall defending against Man City and you're hoping to win one in ten. Liverpool didn't play that way because they don't want to win one in ten against Manchester City. They want to go out there and assert the dominance. So they play the way that they play to try and win five out of ten or six out of ten. You know, but those guys, the seven games left, if we can just get a one in seven, maybe there's an opportunity there for Liverpool to take it. Yeah. Yeah, Josh Hunter uh, says it'd be interesting to see them play under pressure now, knowing a slip is more detrimental with the home game safety buffer. Yeah, exactly. It, it's as I say. My last question really was just: Do you feel like Liverpool are less likely to win the title now? And this this is feelings, not stats. I I don't. I I feel like as long as there's a chance, as long as we can keep it within one game week set of results. If we can just get it, even if it just means we get it down to the last game of the season again, and this time maybe, maybe they don't get the business done, you know, in that, then I'm, that's kind of all I was. Wolves owe them one as well. Yeah. It's a fascinating thing about this season. Again, we've discussed it on the round league. Is this the best Premier League season ever, or potentially to be? Because there's still so much to play for. You know, you mentioned the title race there, and, and this is for Liverpool and for Manchester City, but there's top four to play for, there's European places to play for, there's relegation battle. So we're not getting to the last seven games of the season. And most of the teams that Man City and Liverpool face are just dead rubbers for the other team because they're done. There's still things to fight for. 
Yeah, which Absolutely. can be City's undoing. Absolutely. Hopefully. Uh, right, we're going to discuss the biggest rivalry in the Premier League uh, off the back of Carragher claiming that it was Liverpool City um, after a very short break. Uh, we've got podcast extra this week, but the other week we filmed the first of a new series uh, available in video and podcast form, the LFC Draft. Chris versus Steve picking the rest of the world, Liverpool 11. It went absolutely fine with no hitches and no sort of issues between the two lads whatsoever. Hello everyone, welcome to the first episode of the LFC Draft. It is going to be Chris Pager against Stehor. This week it's a rest of the world 11 non-European players who've played for Liverpool throughout the history of the football club. Luis Suarez. Yeah, I'll take most of that. Sadio Mane. Roberto Firmino. Luis Diaz. Joel Matip. Ozan Kabak. Isn't he Turkish? Yes, look at the countries. Ozan Kabak. Surely Turkey's in Europe. Turkey's in Europe. Where do Turkey's teams play? Champions League. They, do, they don't play in the Asia Cup. Okay, Turkey's last football match. Can we matches. check the one that I sent over, please, that I gave you 24 hours can notice just, of? Can I just let you that know? That I played it my card. Any, any problems, you've got to say now. This is what I'm using. I, listen, I sent you yesterday. I gave you time to check. But you know what? Have come back. He's f***ing shit. You can have him. Yep, get involved uh, with that series streaming right now in video and in podcast form over on redmenplus.com as well as a whole host of other amazing content. Ross has already mentioned the Around the League show. Chris has got a stat show coming up as well. And I'll be with Neil Jones for JNO Insight tomorrow. Um, all good things and loads more on top. Uh, perfect time to go and check it out if you need some more Liverpool content in your lives. Or if you just need more us. Or you more Chris Pajak. I made a big deal of this on the uh, start of 11. People saying, well, where's Chris? I mean, he's here in, in spirit but fractionally less embodied at the moment. But you, if you need more, Chris, I don't know how, at what point his back's going to give up and he'll just have to lie down so he won't be on these shows. Um, <laughs> but if you want, he exists forever young uh, on Redman Plus. He never, his back never gets hurt uh, over, on, over on that content. Right, Jamie Carragher, ahead of the game at the weekend, tweeted, and this was in promotion of his article on the, in, in the Telegraph. This Man City LFC rivalry is the best we've ever had in English football. We've never had the two best teams and managers in the world together fighting it out. Now, of course, what this led to was lots of really annoyed uh, Man United and Arsenal fans. Um, least of all, Andy Mitten, whose tweet I'm going to find because I thought it was it was, it was Isn't it ironic that, you know, Manchester United and Arsenal are talking about the history all the time nowadays? Yeah. Don't you find that really ironic? And Liverpool and... You know, just talking about the present. No, just talking about the present, mate. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I find it quite amusing, to be honest with you. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I, uh, I do. And what I thought was really funny is, again, it, you're right. Man United are like that now. They've just become us and Arsenal. I mean, the fact that, like, Look Ty, at me! Look at me! No, listen, the fact that Ty goes on every single show and has to remind everyone. I don't know whether... By the way, just in case anyone hasn't heard, Arsenal once went, once went to league season without losing a game of football. Sorry, could you just say that again? Because all I heard was Arsenal went through a league season and drew 12 times on the way to the title. <laughs> that too, of course. Did they get a special um, cup for it? Yeah. They got a small There's gold, his gold trophy. believe it or not. Yeah, it's a gold, a small gold trophy. Well done for them. Um, yeah, I can't find that. I'll find that at the admitting tweet in due course. But the um, it was, yeah... What, what, what do we think, first and foremost? Because Carragher's point, I think he qualifies it enough there, Ross, by saying... It's the two best managers in the world as well yeah. involved in this. And now, of course, people would argue Alex Ferguson, 
and Arsene Wenger, but also there were lots of other brilliant managers, I guess, around at that time. And it was a brilliant rivalry, the Man United-Arsenal one. I think his take and his angle, which I, I agree with, is quality of football. In that case, when you're knocking out 90-plus points season in, season out, I think that it has to be the greatest rivalry in that sense. I think people's phrasing of rivalry and what they perceive to be rivalry is Martin Keown all over Rude Van Esteroy and Ferguson, you know, having digs at Arsene Wenger in press conferences and, and the drama and the bitterness and, and, and the needle, which I think which I actually quite like, but I just don't think that exists anymore in football because I don't think it's the characters. I don't think it's the way that Pep and Klopp want to play football. I think you can lose your heads in football games. And that's what leads to people getting sent off. They want to concentrate on football. And we saw like before and after the game, like you know, Roy Keane will probably hate it, but like Klopp and Pep having a handshake and having a bit of a chat, Van Dyke and Pep doing it, Pep and, and and Trent. Like I think we all want the drama that goes with it and you know the anger and the needle. I just don't think it exists anymore because it's outweighed by respect and football quality. Do you talking on the on the pitch rather than you know, I've been slanging matches. So Andy Mitten said, MCFC and Liverpool, the two greatest teams ever. What a rivalry. MCFC with their zero European Cups, Liverpool with one title since 90. It really does mean more, this one. Which is a it is a brilliantly, wonderfully dripping in sarcasm, if not Do you know awareness. Um, Funny about so that, that this means more. How much that pisses off oh, rival fans. Like, you know, the Theatre of Dreams is, you know, Old Trafford's not the theatre of my dreams, but I don't bang on about it every no, fucking No, no, yeah, if you dream of, uh, of rat-infested shitholes, then it is absolutely <laughs> that like. Um, but the lack of the, the, the lack of awareness, and he's a journalist, and he's just got to like, carry the way there, Chris. I mean, to the point, like the fact that he's got the zero European Cups when Arsenal, was, you know, which he, I think he's intimating at, have not won a Euro- they've not won a European Cup. Like Manchester United, in that rivalry, it starts in like 96. Ends in about 2002. Yeah, you know, and it's, you know, and they, they, it wasn't like they were dripping in league titles by that point. They'd won a couple of the, you know, they won the early, the, some of the early Premier League rounds. Blackburn had won one by that, by that point as well. It, I I think historically in the Premier League, that has, that's the most, I think that's the most famous rivalry in terms of like two teams at that time. So I don't disagree, I don't wildly disagree with the Man United Arsenal shout, by the way. But what's your thoughts? I think when that? you look at it and you, you you maybe put your your lawyer's head on everything the Carras said is factually correct. The two best teams with the two best managers. The first time I believe we've seen this. I don't think Arsenal, Manchester United, were ever the two best teams in the world at the same point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of agree with with Ross on that. You know, I think Guardiola and Klopp are the two best managers. Liverpool and Manchester City are the two best teams in the world. We are fighting it out at the top of the Premier League, separated by a point now. We've had ding dong seasons over the last few. You know, we've won European Cups. They've won league titles uh, on the last day of the season. So what skews it is probably last season, it, because it wasn't really. A rivalry last season, and 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 maybe even the season Liverpool won it because of City having their down year. Um, but I think what you look at as as far as pushing the boat forwards, Liverpool and City are better sides than Manchester United and Arsenal were back in when they had their rivalry, whenever it was. Liverpool and Manchester City play better football. Liverpool and Man City would wipe the floor with Manchester United and Arsenal. The best rivalry, I believe, in English football is and always will be Liverpool-Manchester United uh-huh. because that's a rivalry yeah, by yeah. the definition of it. But what Carra's saying is still right. Liverpool and Man City is better than Manchester United and Arsenal for the sheer quality and the relentlessness of both sides. Yeah, I think there's reluctance with the Liverpool-Man City thing to Chris's point about Liverpool-Man United. 
there's a degree where I just don't care about Manchester City in that sense. You know, we're talking about lack of characters and, you know, having a bit of needle about games. I just feel indifferent about them. It's not the same as, you know, the historic battles with, with Manchester United and, again, those characters that we had on and off the pitch and, you know, people having spats with each other. Again, it doesn't exist anymore, whereas Man City is just like, you know... We always take the piss out of a new kids on the block, just spunking a load of money that's not theirs and being sport brats or whatever. But I don't think I don't feel like I'll ever get to that same stage as I do when it's a Manchester United game. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. And and that's that's the weird thing about rivalries. And I, I what I on the show the other day I equated it to a bit like how you've got like players who would like your fan favourites and the best players at a particular time, but you've got to really to be a an established greatest ever it's got to define and they've got to stay for longer than a few seasons like Suarez is a brilliant Liverpool player if he'd done it for 10 years he'd be an absolute all time Liverpool great he'd be mentioned alongside Gerrard and Daglish and Carragher and etc etc um, and there's and, and I think Arsenal to that point I think Arsenal Man United is a, is a, is a good example of it, it was that it was certainly an era it was a Premier League era I think Arsenal United, Chelsea having a bit of a one, although Arsenal, we didn't know it at the time, but they were starting to drop off in the mid-noughties and Liverpool look at that rivalry with, with Chelsea in, in the European and, and Cups sort of fronts. It depends where you define the Liverpool-Man City thing. For me, and not a lot of people talk about this, Liverpool's rivalry with Man City actually goes back to 13-14 and because yeah. we dropped off a cliff, we don't really think about it that way, but I, my, my feeling I remember saying it on shows at the end of that season was... I'm really excited because I feel like this is the new Premier League rivalry. We're going to see this for years to come. I didn't know that we were going to have to go through another period of the wilderness before we re-emerged into that rivalry. But in terms of you know, going neck and neck, toe to toe, 13-14, City first, Liverpool second. And then it takes us a few years, of course, to drop off and then to, to return. But then, so there's, I'm trying to think, is that like, is it three, three seasons, four seasons now in total where we've been one and, one and two? If you count that one, and of course all the close run things in a, in and around it, it there's a bit of nostalgia to play. I think when we talk about this stuff, and in, in I can't help but feel that another two years of Klopp and Guardiola, then there's no way this won't be it because to Chris's point, the levels at which these are at are levels beyond what those teams were were, were playing at, what they were winning leagues and in eighty odd points, you know, and then every now and again adding another. Trophy or whatever, Liverpool and City are going at unprecedented levels with tons of the best players in the world, the best managers, etc. Et yeah. It's just it's just that City aren't a big enough of a name. Yeah. I think for people to there's not enough historic meaning around Man City for them to be elevated to that exactly. status. And that's the point I made before. You know, we growing up, you know, noughties to I don't know, maybe even like nineties. How many Manchester United players did you hate and despise at that point? And which players you hate now? Probably just. Bernardo, Bernardo Silva but we made the point yesterday on, again on the Iran League I think going back to your point about nostalgia give it 10-15 years time when we can actually look back on this period was when we'll appreciate it and go fucking hell like, oh, the amount of good football that depends we how playing. you feel in it yeah. and that's a point Andy Mitten coming to his point he will do because he's a Man United fan and Man United are the most successful Premier League football team so the idea that the biggest rivalry doesn't involve them will seem nuts but of course, they don't recognise how far they've fallen in a lot in a lot of instances. And of course, a lot of those rivalries, Arsenal fans like they, like I've always found it peculiar how how much they hate each other still years on because it was a defining time in a lot of the fans that around our age bubble and, and a little bit beyond. That was the big 
they, they, it was they were the teams that stood between you and the title. So you will be that, and we'll feel that, and we do feel that about Man City. You know, Man City consume us, and and Liverpool consume Man City in the same way because it's the big. It is the big rivalry, and maybe it needs. I don't know if it does. It need to spill onto other competitions. Maybe the FA Cup might be a, a big part of that, of course, at the weekends, and maybe the European Cup down the line. But it's not like Arsenal and United ever played each other in the Champions League final, or I think whatever. You might be telling in 10, 15 years' time when we don't have the level managers of Pep and, and Klopp, and no one ever reaches like your points again. And then you're able to actually see exactly what they were doing and pushing each other. I don't think that Arsenal really ever pushed that United side to be to be better. I don't think that, you know when you, I, I just had a little look at the the one two finishes. They had four years uh, where Arsenal finished first and United second. Then three years of United winning. One of those they blew them away by eighteen points. And then Arsenal finished first, I think, and we finished second. Um, and, and United weren't there, so they've had four seasons. But like, I don't think they were close. They might have. No, they weren't as close as one point, And the other team goes and wins the European Cup. Yeah. Like it, that, that wasn't the case. Like, I don't think when you think about the treble season, you don't think, oh, they beat a great Arsenal side to do that. You think about Bayern Munich, yeah, you know, and and what happened in the last minute of of beating that great side. You know, whereas I think if Liverpool do the do something brilliant this season. I think it's a it's Manchester City in the league. You've got to go past Manchester City in the FA Cup, and the likelihood is, if you get to the Champions League final, it's probably going to be Manchester City again. Yeah. And that, like, if that article had been written in five weeks after all, six weeks after all this has happened, I don't think there'd be anywhere near as uproar. Yeah, and, and maybe to that point about the FA Cup thing, you know, they've got like the gigs running down the wing and score and taking did, a shit off the F- FA Cup it's an FA Cup game isn't it you know, so it's, there's a little bit of overspill and you've got those because it's almost like those like, iconic moments and a lot of them like, traffic, didn't they yeah I, I don't know yeah. honestly but there's like the flare ups and maybe this game lacks a little bit of that it lacks a bit of the needle you know that, that kind of sets the old testosterone racing or whatever there isn't quite that you know, like but they're all just professionals now face. they're not like yeah. fucking alehouses are they anymore just getting drunk and fucking getting angry with them you like you saw the way the Bruyner and um, Virgil van Dijk were and you know the Bruyner said oh you know he went up and had a word yeah our kids go to the same school we see each other at the school we're friends type of thing and you know we've seen Liverpool players share planes with the Brazilians to go over for Brazil friendlies and stuff, they are absolute professionals who lay it all on the pitch each and every time. Whereas, you know, back in the day, there was more of that keen was just an arsehole to everybody type of thing. You can't be that way and be as good as these teams are anymore. Yeah. Um, it kind of leads us in. Also, Mitten's just a salty bastard. And really. you said journalist before, and I, I have to say, he's, he's not. He's a Man United fan yeah. who happens to write for a newspaper yeah. in the same way that Brennan is the worst for the City fans. Oh, good old Stu Brennan. Yeah, not bad. Um, yeah, I agree. That, 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 Andy Mitten is unabashedly a Man United fan first and a journalist second. And it, and it, and he, it he, just had, he just had a, a United fanzine for about 20, 30 years, didn't he? Yeah. So, I mean, and I think they might still even be doing that and he still does the podcast, so you know what I mean? He, yeah. he, he may as well be Anthony Taylor. Yeah, absolutely. As far as I'm concerned. Um, started an analogue to this show as well back in the day as well. That didn't succeed. Um, it kind of leads us into the trophy hunt continuing, really. Um, obviously, Benfica in the midweek... Ross, you just want that done and dusted, you know, in, in the in as many ideal circumstances really as possible. Because I think there's an opportunity here. Liverpool have got a better run at the semi-final mm-hmm. compared to Man City, and Man City might just go to Atletico and blow them away. It's p- 
perfectly, perfectly possible because that's how good they are, and they might like they might make light work of it. But in terms of all the prep and all the preparation, they've got to travel, they've got to psych themselves up for it, they've got to come through that wonder atmosphere, and they've got, they'll have the coach greeting and all that kind of stuff, which you know they psychologically we know they don't handle very well. Um, and then whatever it'll be, you know, Simeone will do everything in the power to boot them and you know and claw at them and whatever. They'll have a battle even if they get even if they get battered, you know. Atletico go four goals down. It's not going to stop Atletico kicking you. Is, yeah. the, is the kind of point on this? And Liverpool have got for, you might be getting more. Yeah, Liverpool have got the two goal win at Benfica, which means there's enough to play for, but it doesn't have to be a fight tooth and nail, do or die kind of battle. No, it feels like a perfect result. I think that getting a third goal opens up Benfica to say we need to actually go for this. But when we were talking last week, I think it was on, on the build-up show. I quite like the fact that it's still a bit competitive. Like mm-hmm. great, I wouldn't want five nil job done, but I want the atmosphere to be really good at Anfield tomorrow night. I want the levels of Liverpool's mentality and performance on the pitch to say you're still fighting for something because I think again talking about momentum before going into the rest of the remaining games of the season you need to keep that level up you don't want to turn up to a game go job job's done night after night lads I'd probably start quite strong tomorrow night and then you start going actually well we're another goal up the game's pretty much done you can come off you can get some you know get Bobby some minutes in ahead of the weekend and you can start planning for the next game but it's not done yet so you can't do that you know what no, sorry Paul you know what no one's spoken about at the at the, from the last game and, I, and maybe apologies if any of you guys have we played away in Europe before that huge game at the Etihad yeah like, did everyone just forget that all of a sudden? Yeah. Like, and they got to play a home game in Europe. All right, a, a harder home game, but they haven't had the travelling midweek mm-hmm. prior to the biggest game of the season. You know, is that a reason that Liverpool was slightly off in that first half? Who knows? But then now we get to see them go away yep. and us play at home um, and how they deal with it when we get to the FA Cup semi. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm, you know, we've been to Wembley already this season, which is which will help just in terms of the nerves and feeling a bit more at home in, in, in your We'll have like 70,000 fans there as well. Oh, pretty much as well, oh. yeah. And that was a point I did make on other shows of like, that's the last time in the weekend we'll play Man City when they've got home advantage. You know, every we'll, it'll be neutral grounds from here on in, but there'll be more Liverpool fans in because that's the way that we do finals regardless. Um, yeah, in terms of the, the, the leading into the game at, at the weekend, I wonder, and, and actually, the Benfica game being obviously the last step on the way to that. I've theorised that really we're probably going to use in big games from a pool of about 15 or 16, even though we've got 23-odd players who we could use at any given moment and be fine. Benfica's going to be an interesting one because Ross makes the point, and I asked this question on the start of 11, Chris, do you start strong and wind it in or do you go with a weaker side and then if it works, you're laughing. And then you can either go further weak or you can go strong if you need to. Yeah, I think yeah, he can go strong. And I think he, he he uses his five subs. You might see two maybe at half-time if you're in a really good position. Um, the likelihood is, though, you're talking 55 to 60 minutes is probably where we make our subs. Um, I think he likes... I just think he likes to keep everyone in it from the beginning. And I also feel... I don't know whether this is technically... True, I think it. I think it probably is, but I don't know whether I've never really looked into it. Like you just get a much better warm up if you start the game, and you can warm down probably a little bit better as well. Whereas if you come in at like sixty minutes, you've not got that proper fifteen minute, twenty minute warm up and get your body in and all that type of stuff in quite the same window maybe as if you go through the full pre match stuff and then you start the game. So yeah, I don't know. Liverpool could now say start strong can still make one or two changes or maybe more than that and still put out a strong side yeah that's, that's the difference so like I know you change one person midfield maybe Simicast starts the game 
but then you're not upsetting the whole balance and, and rhythm of, of the squad and you can still make changes after that. Who are you definitely taking out? I think I'm taking Robbo out for, for Costas. And that's... And possibly cater for Thiago. And that's it. And I think that's it, yeah. To I start think the game. I think it's interesting. Actually, there's two players that I would be looking to get into the side. Canate is one of them, a yeah. centre-half. And Bobby's probably the other, because I think he needs the start. If yeah. he's to start against, you know, Manchester City. So you've got them as you, t- you need to start. Have you got any that need to not play? Or not start? Hmm... In the way we use Robbo and Trent against City, no, I, I wouldn't say that I need they need resting as such because I don't think they put the the the, the, the running in as maybe they do sometimes. Um, I'd love to give Salah a little bit of a rest. I don't think he will. I, I, again, I, I don't think he will. I maybe look at Jotty, you know. Yeah. It, like um, Marnie's played a lot of football as well. One of them for Diaz, maybe something like that. They've all played a lot of footy, and that's where we're at at this stage. And I wonder whether this is the this is your last opportunity to be a bit more to be a, a bit more fluid with your selection than you would normally have been. I think if it's a if it's a slightly closer game, you do you don't need to you don't you, or you don't you're enforced to go stronger just to make sure you get it done. It's finally poised. My dad made yeah. the point on the build-up show that two goals is is a really weird lead. You can see it early, just, man. It's horrible. Well, exactly. Yeah, horrible. And you don't you don't really know what to do. And Liverpool should really just go, we'll 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 cut out the confusion, go strong and do it. But I looked at it and thought Fabinho needs to be protected. Thiago needs to be protected. Salah needs to be protected. Matip maybe needs to be protected. I don't know if I said Thiago, but Thiago. You know, there's all of the midfield three actually that started are all lads who could do with not playing 90 minutes. Yeah, I I agree with you on the Hendo and the Fabinho thing to a point, but I'm also like, well, if you play, if you give Fabinho the day off, you're asking Hendo to go three times, and I'm not sure his body will allow for that. Yeah. So it's a question mark of who plays that right hand side of the midfield. Are you going Thiago and Keita? Are you going Thiago and Jones? I don't think you are. I think if there's a change, I think Henderson's still in that midfield three for, for the weekend. And yeah. also, most of them don't have to play the full 90, do they? We got five. So oh, exactly. But but you've st- someone's still got to play. That's the, that's yeah, the thing. Because yeah, yeah. you can't take all three of them out. Well, you could, but your midfield three then becomes Milner, Jones, Cater. Probably or Elliot, maybe yeah. maybe in there, and it boils down to I think I think we've seen Henderson and Fabinho rotated outside of the big games, the sixty thirty thing, which is what I think they'll probably do. We've got a ton, we've still got a, a fair load of options for those advanced midfield slots still. Chamberlain doesn't play, but but I, again, and I ended up in a world where you look at all of a sudden you've made seven changes to your team, and that's. Loads. Yeah. That's and you've not even done anything wild like put a Rigi or Minamino in there at that point. You've just put in lads who could do with a game. You've got your I agree, Bobby could do with a game and Canate could do with a game. Sounds and maybe Shimakas because if you need him at some point, it'd be nice if he played some football before being dropped in at some point. Gomez could probably do with a bit of a run, another run out as well to continue his his re- re- rehabilitation. Can I, and then you make eleven uh, changes. No, I exa- know, but exactly, yeah. literally, I, I I almost had a team out that had eleven changes in because yeah. well, and and that was of the outfield players. Um, so it was a yeah, it was a tricky one indeed. Right, um, let us know your thoughts. Anything we've discussed in the uh, comments of your live here after the fact, you can always tweet us at the Redman TV. Um, any other business before we wrap up? Anything burning? Anyone's heads out in particular? Or should we save it all for save it all for extra? Good. You want to save it all for extra? 
No, I'm just. You're just good. I'm just happy. happy. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Good. We'll have to work on that. Um, Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Uh, yeah, podcast extra. It will be following on live over on Redman Plus in about 15 minutes after the end of this. So make sure you come and join us over there for that. It'll be there after the fact as well in audio form. So you can get it in your native podcast player as well as all of our studio-based extra content like around the league uh, and co. Um, yes, gents. Thank you so much. That was absolutely lovely. Hope you have a wonderful Tuesday and beyond. Do check out who knows wins. Uh, the link is in the description description download that get involved and play along and make sure of course that if you're not into gambling then don't become into gambling because we've said that we've got the sponsor it's not about that it's if you're into that kind of thing then it's a it's an, an interesting and fun new way uh, to get involved in like acca type things without having to get all 10 right and be an absolute savant or lucky genius um but yeah thank you so much we will be back with another red men podcast next week Ta-da.